Episode 70 of the Rewards Canada podcast. If you visited Rewards Canada over the past few weeks, you may have seen our call out for our readers and listeners' experiences with the whole issue of airline refunds or lack thereof for flights that were cancelled during this current pandemic. And now we're going to cover the topic right here on the podcast. I'm going to give it as much of a balanced and objective approach and may only touch upon some ideas, topics, or stories in an attempt to keep this episode at a reasonable length. I really don't want to bore all of you, and even my own attention span probably couldn't do more than a good 15 to 20 minutes on the topic. Um, And let me say, there have been some great feedback from our readers on their situations and from others on how to best approach these situations with the whole airline refund matter in Canada. There's a lot of good info on our blog post, which I'll link to from our podcast page. There's even some on our Facebook page, and we'll have everything all wrapped up uh, right, like I said, on our podcast page. Um, the topic of refunds from Canadian Airlines has been front and center in the news since most of Canada began shutting down back in March. Most flights to and from Canada and even within Canada came to a standstill. Some airlines, in fact, most airlines other than Air Canada WestJet stopped flying altogether and only recently resumed operations. This meant that there were millions of airline tickets that were cancelled either by the airline or proactively by the travellers. When the pandemic hit with full force in March, pretty much every airline in Canada and many around the world started offering travel credits or vouchers for flights that were cancelled. There was uncertainty in how long the pandemic would affect the world. We still don't know how long, to be honest with you. So airlines assumed vouchers and credits would be fined as there was hopes travel wouldn't be curtailed for too long. It quickly became apparent that this wouldn't be the case. And airlines began to extend their standard voucher and credit validity from 12 months to 24 months or even longer. We also saw most airlines around the world, in particular the U.S. and Middle East, stop the idea of script round vouchers and start to offer refunds. This was not the case in Canada and much Europe. Canadians started getting angry and this topic started hitting the news as such. Then the Canadian Transport Agency defended the airlines by suggesting travel vouchers and credits were fine and the airlines took this to heart even though it wasn't a set-in-place policy, merely a statement on their part and not legislation. The Canadian Passenger Rights Advocacy Group Air passenger rights stepped up to the plate like they usually do and began pushing for changes to the statement, but to date it hasn't changed. The CTA states they do understand the consumer's need, but also the airline's need for that money. I'll return to the topic of what the CTA is doing in a bit, but now let's look and see how the refund situation played out. So if you fast forward nearly two months, there was really no changes happening to cash refunds for airlines especially those in Canada. Many travelers were now starting to call their credit card companies to initiate chargebacks for not receiving the service they paid for, while others went the route of their travel insurance. I'll have some examples of this coming up shortly from our readers. However, probably the biggest news in that part on the refunds was WestJet finally relented, and back in May they started allowing refunds for travel that was booked to the US or UK. And I can speak to this with my own experience. We had flights booked to the U.S. for our school board's Easter break in April, but those flights were cancelled by WestJet, not by us, and the money we paid was put into a travel bank and our companion vouchers that we had used on those flights were returned. This all transpired in March and the emails we received from WestJet stated our flights were cancelled, 
monies were moved to travel banks and that they were not processing refunds at the time, but would possibly do so in the future. I feel the last line was put in there as WestJet was aware of the rules from the US and UK and knew that they could be challenged by the passengers and travelers in Canada should they not go down the refund route. Well, come May, the news came out on Flyer Talk that WestJet would indeed start refunding tickets for travel to and from the US and UK. The Flyer Talk post also posted an internal document that listed when emails would be sent out and when travelers who held these tickets could begin requesting refunds. In my case, we actually got the email sooner than was listed in the document, but I didn't call right away for the refunds as the phone lines were absolutely crazy at WestJet. Finally, one day I was lucky enough that WestJet the web's website allowed me to schedule a callback to process the refund. Many times when you go on their website, the schedule a callback button isn't there due to the huge amount of calls waiting. The amount of people that have been calling the airlines has been absolutely insane. When I went on around 9 a.m. Mountain Time, the wait time stayed at over 600 minutes, so I expected a call back in the early evening, but I actually received it just after 1 p.m. Mountain Time. The call itself took 51 minutes, almost an hour, as we had two separate reservations since these flights involved the use of two companion fares, one from my wife's account and one from mine. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but how awesome would it be if one day WestJet allowed multiple vouchers from the same family or household to be used in a single booking? That is one of my wishes. If WestJet's listening to the podcast, let's try and make that happen. So for me, this was relatively easy, and I give kudos to WestJet. The same cannot be said for most other airlines, travel agencies, or even WestJet for all their other flights other than US and UK. For example, the first person to respond to my call-out stories Etienne explained that it can be more complex, and in his case, this is so true. He booked flights with Air Transat via the online travel agency ExitNow.ca. He waited for the airline to cancel the flights, which they did, and issued the voucher. He received notice from ExitNow about the voucher. Turns out his voucher is not with Air Transat, but with ExitNow, and he has to use it with them. He rebooks for next year, but learns that the voucher that he received from them was split into base fare, taxes, and fees, etc. into those different fare categories, not just a flat amount to use towards any travel. So if there was any discrepancy in pricing for his booking, he still has to pay the difference. I've never heard of this type of voucher, um, but then again, I don't really book through travel agencies, so I've, you know, I've not, I can't speak to this on how this works. Maybe this is a common thing, I couldn't tell you. Um, but it does really make me think what sort of games Exit Now is playing. So I encourage you to read Etienne's entire comment on our blog post for even more details and the headache he's going through. He puts a lot of detail in there as to what he has uh, done, what has transpired, and what he's trying to do. But so far, it's not the best news uh, for him from Air Transat or Exit Now. He tells us, beware, the new ticket may, may very well cost you more than just the fare difference. You can thank me later for that info. Those are Etienne's words. And yes, thank you, Etienne. This is a classic case of the issues that can arise when you book through an online travel agent. If at all possible, when you're booking flights, and flights only, not like vacation packages, you always want to try and book directly with the airline as it removes that one extra party that is required to deal with in any situation. Situations like COVID, um, flight delays, flight cancellations, uh, so on and so forth. Changes in, in routing, changes in your uh, you know, days of, of travel, if airlines change things, it's much easier to deal with them directly than with the travel agency. Um, you know, personally speaking, before COVID, I almost always booked my flights direct with the airline, except for the odd flight that I booked with Amex Travel to take advantage of the fixed point uh, travel program with Amex. 
Um, next, we have Andrew's story. He's the one who actually kickstarted this topic, becoming a Rewards po Canada podcast episode. He reached out to us on uh, Facebook and said, yeah, you should make this into a, a podcast episode. So here we are doing it. Um, he had Air Canada flights booked with Air Miles. Despite being an Onyx member with Air Miles, all he offered him was a refund for the insurance he bought with them. So then he started uh, chargebacks with his credit card company, uh, who was BMO, um, and he is still waiting the result of that. He also had flights booked with Air North, who gave him a temporary travel credit, so he initiated a chargeback with BMO. Good news is that Air North refunded the fare from the flights they cancelled, so now Andrew is getting in touch with BMO World Elite to cancel the chargeback since he got his money back. Um, and I also want to thank him so much that he has provided his letter that he sent off to his member of parliament. And I'll be putting a copy of that letter on our podcast page for you to reference or use should you want to write your MP. And I really do encourage you to write your MP if you're in a situation where you've not received a refund and are, uh, you know, not getting any results with the airline, not getting any results with your credit card company. Because um, this is what's going to happen is, that, is we need the government to change the rules. Um, next, we had our reader, Annette, who commented on Andrew's situation as she also wanted to start a chargeback with BMO, but BMO actually refused to do so on the grounds that airlines are allowed to modify their flights. Um, this to me seems like a hang-up call-again situation, um, as agents seem to take a different stance. Annette's situation is interesting. She had WestJet flights booked between Vancouver and Los Angeles, where WestJet cancelled the flight and rescheduled her for the next day via Calgary. She could not make those flights and called for a refund spent hours on the phone and they were only offered her vouchers. So Annette tried to charge back, but BMO refused, um, as I already mentioned, um, which is, you know, really unfortunate. Like they should be like, they, the rules with the airlines state that you can request a refund if the new scheduling that they put you on doesn't work. Um, but I want to thank our reader Mike W who responded so well to the comments of Annette and told her to file a complaint with the US DOT as she has the right to reject the flight change as I mentioned and get a refund. In all likelihood Annette will get a refund and WestJet has been good in that department for US flights. But Annette did tell us that that may not be until October as WestJet is still processing so many more flights before hers. And let me circle back to Mike W. He has provided amazing information on chargebacks and US DOT rules in the comments and I'll put all those links on our podcast page so that's easier for all of you to find them. Next up we had KB uh, who had flights booked for travel between Vancouver and London, England in May which they received a travel bank credit for from WestJet. Based on the internal document from WestJet, KB should have gotten an email letting them know they can ask for a refund on or after July 16th. No email ever showed up and WestJet told KB they can't do anything until that email is sent. They kept checking back and it turns out they are ineligible for a refund as they cancelled their flights proactively and at that time only travel credits were being issued. Issued, The news of US and UK flights being refunded had not been revealed yet. And this seems to be a sticking point the airline is using. If you as a traveler were being proactive and cancelled your flight, you won't get a refund. You're stuck with that travel voucher. So I would love to hear from our listeners and readers if you've had any success getting a refund from WestJet or the other airlines when you proactively canceled your flights. Uh, so please comment either on our podcast post or the links to uh, the call out posts for this podcast. Um, then we had Carolyn who booked three flights with Air Transat from Toronto to London Gatwick where they were going to jump on a Cosmos bus tour for in the UK. The bus tour company refunded their money with no problem whatsoever. 
Air Transat emailed Carolyn letting her know that the flights were cancelled and she would receive a voucher, to which she called them immediately and requested a full refund due to services not rendered. Good move there, Carolyn, but Air Transat did not budge at all. So Carolyn initiated a chargeback with TD and she said TD was very easy to deal with and they did set up a chargeback. We are now here at Rewards Canada waiting to hear back from Carolyn on whether her chargeback was successful or not as the time frame for Air Transat to respond came up in late July. So it should have been about a week or two ago she should have had a response. So let's let's wait to hear from Carolyn to see what happened there. Uh, then we had Jeremy. He let us know he had all-inclusive trips booked with Sunwing and the vacation company was one who initially stated they would offer refunds on canceled trips. So when this all transpired back in March, Sunwing said they would be refunding. Um, and that is what they even told Jeremy. However, all of a sudden, just a couple days in, uh, into the pandemic, uh, Sunwing did an about face and switched from stating that they would no, no longer offer refunds, but only offer vouchers. Sunwing agents told Jeremy there were changes to legislation that did not allow them to offer refunds. There was no changes to legislation. For agents to be saying something like that is down low and dirty. I think, you know, they took that statement that the CTA put on their website encouraging vouchers um, to heart, uh, not realizing it was not um, realizing it was not legislation and rather just a statement from them. Uh, so Jeremy opened up a dispute with CIBC who gave him a really hard time and actually bullied him to try to change his mind. Like, come on, CIBC, like th these agents um, really need to be more on the consumer side. He persisted, however, but the claim was denied pending further review. Um, but on another booking, Jeremy uses Canadian Tire Triangle MasterCard, who were much more supportive and had no issues with him opening a chargeback. So I think we're starting to see a pattern here with which banks have a lot to lose with airlines chargebacks and which don't. Uh, we also had a few responses on our Facebook page. Heather let us know she cancelled an aeroplan booking in early April and is still waiting for the refund for the cash portion some four months later. So that's taking some time. Again, probably just due to the fact there's so many refunds to process. Um, Mike on our Facebook page told us his success about a successful insurance claim on his National Bank Road Elite MasterCard. He had a family trip for, uh, for four people booked to Cuba in March. Uh, they cancelled it and while the claim took some time he did get a check back from the insurance company so that's great you know so insurance worked for him but again we're on the other end we're also hearing the insurance companies are saying no if uh, airlines offered you a voucher you can't do a claim because you you have received uh, a form of compensation um, Todd let us know that he booked a Disney vacation with WestJet vacations and all he received was a voucher good for two years he noted that if he had booked everything separately he would have refunds by now um, again, so you know, WestJet probably should be refunding more if they're refunding the flights for US, they should be also refunding the vacation packages. Finally, we had Larry who emailed us his story uh, where he used air miles to book flights on Air Canada for a wedding in June. That wedding itself was cancelled um, and his travel was actually originally set to be between Winnipeg and Montreal. Um, and as it started to get you know, the, the whole pandemic started going and flights started getting canceled. He checked to see if his flights were still operating and he was getting an error message. So he called Air Canada and he was told that the flights had been canceled and a new itinerary was issued. He was not informed by Air Canada or by Air Miles about the change. Um, and according to AC's domestic tariff, the airline is obligated to inform him of that cancellation and change, provide him a reason for that change and offer him a refund if the new itinerary was not acceptable. Um, 
So when he asked a reason for the initial cancellation, they were told COVID, but they couldn't be more specific and couldn't quote a government order to cancel those flights because there wasn't one. Um, but of course, Air Canada told him he couldn't get a refund. So that's kind of you know going against the Air Canada's own rules. They can't, they're not issuing a refund, even though they changed the flight that he uh, was saying he couldn't use. Um, come late May, Air Canada changed his flights again. This time he did get the itinerary change emailed him, but they wouldn't give him a reason. Again, his refund request was denied by both Air Canada and Air Miles. He was told that if he cancelled, Air Miles would hold on to his miles and his money and he'd be able to use them to book tickets on Air Canada for the same passengers in the next 24 months. He feels he was coerced by Air Miles to voluntarily cancel his reservation. Um, and I should point out too, or he, he actually points out that AC changed their voucher policy, which allows customers to convert their 24 month vouchers to non-expiring fully transferable credits, which uh, we've covered on the Rewards Canada site. But that's only for reservations made directly with Air Canada. Unfortunately, if it's through Air Miles or other travel agencies, this does not work. Um, so for his purchases, he just has that 24 month rule. Um, so he's hope, you know, he was hoping that something like that might be equaled out between the third-party providers and the airlines. Unfortunately, that's not the case. He even tried um, cancellation insurance, and as I mentioned before, a lot of them say vouchers work out to be the same as a refund or uh, compensation, and so uh, the insurance company from his credit card said that they don't consider this cancellation because he received uh, vouchers. Um, he did finally char uh, request a chargeback from MasterCard for the taxes and fees, and he did receive a temporary credit um, Air Miles has until August 20th to dispute it, so hopefully we'll hear from Larry at that time to see what happens. But in the end, uh, Larry's so frustrated that he's also considering action in small claims court against both Air Miles and Air Canada, and he's not alone. There are hundreds of people out there who are considering that route. Um, now back to the topic of what is right or wrong in this whole situation. The CTA stated they understand the frustrations of the Canadian consumer, but they also state the economic viability of the airlines could be in jeopardy if they issued refunds to everyone. The interesting fact here, however, is that Canada's two major airlines had more than enough cash in their coffers to issue refunds to everyone and still have enough left over to operate. Um, now that's operate in kind of the short or near term. Um, if they're going to continue losing billions of dollars like they are now, of course, that's going to eat up those cash and coffers and they didn't want to give up any portion of that. Um, but you know what? These big airlines, they have a lot of money. They, they have access to a lot of money, uh, which is unlike us consumers, which we, we don't. Um, you know, so the airlines are thinking long-term cash protection. Um, however, we've all, made them seen, uh, we've all seen them make their operations much leaner layoffs, aircraft retirements, and, and so many other measures to curb the bleeding of funds, and that's going to continue to happen. Um, I'm not sure how our smaller operators would fare in this case, like the Air Norths, the Pacific Coastals, Porter Airlines, and I understand that the airlines need to survive, um, but all in all, there is and was the potential for a lot more government support for the airlines than there is for the consumer. You know, it really got me thinking that there should possibly be new legislation put in place, um, you know, this is the Canadian government we're talking about, though, so this is kind of wishful thinking, um, whereby a company providing services, such as an airline, has to place the monies from future bookings into a trust account and not have access to those monies until the service is fulfilled by the company, the customer. That way, it's not considered liquid. It's not cash in their pockets. They're holding it. Um, and once that service is rendered, then they can move that money from the trust account to 
their actual cash account and use that money. This would ease the entire refund process because they're not accounting for that money as part of their day-to-day -day cash, and it'd be easier to re, you know, to make the refund process if and when something like this pa pandemic happens and the monies can go back to the travelers. Um, you know, at the time of releasing this podcast, there hasn't been much good news on the whole refund front. For the most part, airlines and credit card companies have failed the consumer, the Canadian consumer. Um, however, I think the majority of the blame lies on the government of Canada and the CTA. They allowed this to happen. Airlines are breaking their contract terms with the consumer and the government has done nothing about it. In fact, the statement that vouchers are acceptable put everything to, into perspective and how the government supports the airlines more than consumers. I mean, we've already known this for some time as the new air passenger rights bill that was implemented recently is actually worse for consumers than the old one, which wasn't great to start with. Um, our system in Canada is broken. Changes need to happen, and this will only happen if there's a big push from all of us consumers via complaints and lawsuits. The brunt of this issue needs to put, be put on the government first and then the airlines. The airlines are no saint in this. You know, I, I'm not trying to defend the airlines here, but you know, number one, it comes down to the government and then the airlines. And they're, the Canadian airlines, they're not saints. I mean, we've seen a few rays of light with WestJet offering some refunds and our story of Air North uh, providing refunds. Aeroplan has been good in this, well, in this as well, but their parent company, Air Canada, is a totally different story. They're actually fighting the U.S. DOT rules so they don't have to issue refunds. Air Transat, Sunwing, and most other Canadian carriers um, are all the same. You know, they're, they're not issuing refunds. And overall, they've all really lost a lot of consumer confidence during this pandemic as they're hiding behind the CTA and the Canadian government. If you look outside of Canada, refunds are generally easier to come by in many cases. Even in Europe, where at first refunds were not being issued, um, there's kind of been a 180 turn with a lot of the airlines. For example, a recent email from Austrian Airlines simply stated, we understand your disappointment and would like to reassure you, you will get your, back, your money back. Easy as that. They are assuring travelers that they will get their refunds, but to be patient as it does take time to process the huge amount of tickets that require refunds. You know, that's all it takes. This put Austrian right into the good books for many people. Then we have the credit card companies. Some are letting consumers initiate chargebacks with no issues or questions asked. Well, qu beyond questions, you know, that are regularly required, like TD and Canadian Tire, while others like BMO, CIBC, and American Express aren't playing so nice. If that's the case and you're not happy with how the credit card company is handling the situation, walk away from that card or issuer. That is, once all is said and done. You know, once you've uh, completed your chargebacks, used up all your points, uh, you know, just everything so that you can close your card, cancel it and move to another one. That's the best way to tell your credit card issuer you aren't happy with the way the service to you. In the end, all I can say is what we need to do is keep writing our MPs, the Prime Minister, Mark Garneau, just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. We have to thank Air Passenger Rights for pushing, 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 like they are pushing so hard and, and trying to get as many consumers to push. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you want, there's a good example of a letter on our podcast page, thanks to our reader, Andrew, um, that you can use if you want to write your MP, Prime Minister, Mark Garneau, um, and then keep pushing the airlines and credit companies. Just keep, keep, keep on them. You know, push them, push them, push them. Keep calling back. Hang up. Call again. Keep talking to agents, supervisors. Um, quote the rules of the airline tickets, the DOT rules, the credit card rules, and so on. And again, we'll have links on our podcast page to a lot of these that Mike W. had provided. The more people that do it, the better. 
and we can win this fight. I truly believe the necessity of the monies being held up by the airlines need to go back to the consumers. So many of, the, of Canada's consumers have been hurt by this pandemic, by lost wages, jobs, and need that money to survive beyond any assistance already provided by the government. In the end, the airlines of Canada can't survive this better than the average Canadian, and it would be the right thing to do for airlines to make the move to, by refunding all those canceled flights. Will we lose some airlines? Perhaps, but it won't be Western or Canada. They'll make it out of this. It's those smaller airlines that would be most affected by an all-out refund move, but that's where the government should step in and can step in to support them until we all return to some sort of normality. And one final note, there's also a petition, petition that was launched to ask the government of Canada to require airlines under federal jurisdiction to provide refunds, and we'll put a link to that petition in our podcast so that you can go out and sign it. The more people on it, the better. And that's it for this Rewards Canada podcast episode. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. Tried kind of covering the whole refund issue and giving you the stories of what people are doing because that's the best way. It's experience that tells you what's going on and and how you can make moves with the credit card companies, with the airlines. Um, and hopefully more of you will come out and give stories because the more we have on, on the site, the more people can learn and we can help all help each other all out in receiving these refunds from the travel companies i hope you enjoyed the episode and as always you'll find all the links and information relating to this episode on our podcast page at roarscanada.ca podcast and until next time stay safe stay healthy and have a great day